0: Are you a clinician who's interested in adding a gym to your clinic? We have great online courses over at clinicgymhybrid.com. We have some courses on the most important thing, which is hiring a trainer. How to do that, how to hire them well, and who not to hire. We also have some great courses all about regressions and coaching and a bunch of other great stuff. Some of them are led by me. Some of them are led by our amazing co-instructors like Cody d and Dan Swinsko, Kurt Kibbenberger, and others. But I'd love to have you check it out. So head over to clinicgymhybrid.com and check out our online courses because they cover the most important subjects within that clinic gym model. Hey, welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. This is Dr. Josh Satterley, and I'm excited for you to be on this journey Look, when I started my Clinic Gym Hybrid back in 2013, I didn't have a place to go for resources. That's why we're doing this podcast. That's why we're here. I hope you dig this interview. Let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josh Satterley, and I'm joined today
1: by my main man in Tampa, Dr. (laughs) Jeff Langmade. What's up, Jeff? Great to see you, Josh. Happy to be here. Repeat visitor. Happy to get the invite back and uh, talk some business and marketing.
0: I love it, man. So uh, for the listeners out there, Jeff and I kind of, you know, keep in touch over the year and bounce ideas off each other. Actually, last year we met up in Park City. You hosted me at your palatial uh, condominium there in Park City. And we did some business planning and um, some sightseeing, which was super cool. Anybody listening, if you've never been to Park City, highly recommended. And the coolest part, I think, is... I mean, you fly there from Tampa and from the time you touch down in the airport to the time you're up on the mountain in your condos, less than an hour, right? Yeah, it's like that's, 35 minutes. Yeah, that's hard to pull off. Like I love Tahoe, but there ain't any easy way to get there and stuff, <laughs> you know? So that's fantastic. Well, Jeff, I know that you kind of keep your pulse on chiropractic. I do too. I know you've been speaking places and going out to states and all this stuff. I want to dig into today is uh, I want to talk about some trends that are facing our profession. And kind of this adapting to the, I don't know what you want to call it, the new world order. But one of the things we talked about is like just the idea of staff, right? I mean, I can remember going to the chiropractic office 20, 25 years ago, and there'd be like two or three people working at the front, and they'd been with that doctor for 17 years, and they saw their future there. And then you went in the back, and there was multiple staff members, you know, and there was like one licensed doctor in there, and six staff, you know, all working full-time, blah, 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 blah. And now you look at the people that are setting up offices today and that like that model just will not hold up anymore. It just does not hold up. And so, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about automation and and simplifying things and kind of automating businesses or, or systematizing businesses. I would say. But what do you think, like, what's the current setup for most chiropractors uh as far as the business setup, let's talk about some trends of, of changes coming. So those folks listening, maybe they go, Oh man, I thought it was just me. <laughs> really, everybody's going through that. Or they might hear some ideas for like, oh wow, we could we could pull that off in, in my practice.
1: Yeah, it's a great question, Josh. I think there's a couple of things that come to mind right off the bat for me. And and one is I think you're referring to the Mercedes 80s back in the day. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, 175 dollars and 30 seconds. Yeah exactly that's uh all paid for by the insurance companies yeah, at 100 so, that's right um yeah th- yes that did exist for the younger docs uh, i was yeah. not around at that time but uh i was just a, yeah. a you know a, a little kid but um yeah it, it's forced everybody to go although when we went through school they were using those
0: stats like to they would you know you remember like they would like oh man look at the earning potential of a chiropractor and it's like yeah, if you ran for a 25-year-old material in 2003, it does look quite bright. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is, that, you're 100% right about that. So I think a lot of it comes down to just running lean and me, You know, there's so many practices out there that you just need to run a little bit leaner. And you have to expect that quite often, you will have more team and staff turnover than decades ago, which is not unique to chiropractic. That's just a general case across the whole entire business landscape. Yeah. Um, But the other aspect is is central is centralizing operations. So the secondary component Mm -hmm. to that is if you had seven, eight people working for you, you probably have 14 clinics and now you're running a call center and an operations department. And to me, I see a lot more chiropractors. uh, Yeah. Going uh, through (laughs) scaling uh, uh, multi-location, multi-unit locations. And then consolidating operations. So you might still be running lean at, you know, one to two individuals in your existing practice, even if you have four or five practices, because maybe you have four or five people in a separate business location that handles Mm. billing, phone calls, everything else. And then you still have your one or two individuals, chances are one in the practice, managing patient flow at the front, right? And maybe it's two if you have people doing modalities or x-rays or whatever else it might be. But to me, the biggest changes that I've seen regarding staffing specifically are higher turnovers, which is not exclusive to chiropractic, of course. But then the secondary component, is really being able to run a lot more lean because I think what sometimes we forget as chiropractors I've had a few of these conversations over the last couple of days I was teaching this past weekend I had a call with a, a doc this morning who's going to be graduating next week and we were talking about some of these things and it just comes down to like the basic aspects and I don't mean to oversimplify it but sometimes it's just like you guys got to remember you know these are healthcare's airline seats how much do you charge and how many people can you see a day and how, and, and let me be clear Not even how much do you charge? How much do you collect? (laughs) And how many people do you see? And can you see a day? And you do the multi. It's actually the simplest thing human, humanly imaginable. We're not running, you know, with the complexity of SpaceX. Like a chiropractic practice, it's literally time slots. How many time slots are available? How much do you averagely collect per time slot? And you can pretty much predict. How much revenue you are going to have if you hit 60% of those quote-unquote airline seats being full, 80% being full, 90% being full, and back into your math of how to operationalize your practice in a far more specific way than almost any business out there. So docs that are having difficulties making ends meet, they're having difficulties understanding the complexities of running a chiropractic business, I always say, strip away everything. That what you have to start with is understanding what's your earning potential. And then you get to go into, well, what are my expenses? How do I want to do this? If you are unaware of your earning potential, because the bottom line is 50 bucks for a one hour treatment with 20 visits a week, that only adds up to a certain amount of money, no matter which way you slice it and dice it. You need right. to fees yeah. increase the allotment. So Josh, to me, that really start when we talk about staffing, it actually starts with what's the revenue potential of the unit or location. And then you get to back into your staffing in a very yeah. meaningful way. Yeah, it's interesting.
0: Uh, so one of the ways when we do consults for Clinic Gym Hybrid, we have a little a spreadsheet that we fill out that says, like, how much could you make if you added a gym? And it's I don't know if it's because we're pulling people out of the clinic, but it's like really easy for them to go like, oh, yeah, I only have this much space. That's one of the limiters. I only can do it, you know, for two hours before clinic and two hours after. So there's only four possible hours. And I can only have four people per hour. So it's like, all right, four hours a day times four people, 16. And then you just go, how many days a week do you want to do it? And they can work through that math pretty simply. And at the end, I'm like, okay, well, after you pay a trainer to service, this is whatever the amount is, you know, is $12,684 a month worth, you know, the extra effort you're going to put in to set this up. And usually it's like, Oh, absolutely. Uh, But when we try and flip it around and go, okay, now let's compare it against what you're giving up in your clinic. Cause there's no free lunch, right? Mm-hmm. Giving up in your clinic. What is it? Is it worth it now? And, it, and, uh, it, oftentimes they're like, well, I don't know what I make in the clinic or I'm not sure. And this, and that and I'm like, <laughs> we're in a spreadsheet here. You know, this isn't, uh, this isn't feelings and butterflies, brother. Like, you know, let's just enter numbers. That's right. You know? And, uh, it, it's just funny how that, that all affects things, but I think that's why certain people, and you meet those people, you know, you and I and everybody with a chiropractic license essentially is a caregiver, like in our heart, like we want, we, it bothers us that people have pain. It bothers us that they need something. So we will always kind of tip the scales towards the person rather than the business, which is fine. Uh, But when you meet those people that just don't have that and they seem heartless, you know, the most heartless person in your chiropractic class. The reason they're probably good business people is because they're just looking at it like a calculation. That's right. You know, and it might eat us up a little bit like, oh, my God, you're not going to spend extra time with that. And they'll say, no, like yeah. I, if you go to McDonald's and order a hamburger, you don't get an, a hamburger and another quarter hamburger just wrapped into the wrapper. Like, right. <laughs> it's very finite.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's a real thing, and and I'll say something that might ruffle a few feathers, but generally there are exceptions to what I'm about to describe. Um, but the more letters after the name, the 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 less successful the practice. And I was speaking to a young doc about this because they're they're just graduating. It was literally the call I had this morning, and it was like, should I go get a neurology degree? You know, a neurology diploma? And I said, yeah. you know, and I'll give you what I told her, which I don't really talk about publicly too often, which was, I'll give you my the absolutely real real, which was. If you are striving for absolute knowledge, absolutely go do it. Absolutely go do it. But be under no mistake that there's any advantage in any way, and it's actually going to be inversely proportional to your ability to generate revenue. Why? Right. Because number one, I don't know what the letters are, and I'm a chiropractor who talks to chiropractors all day, every day. So right. That means nobody in your community knows what the letters are. The second right. component is... Very often, you will come out with such great depth of knowledge that now you will be going through a laundry list of 70, 75,000 things in a visit because you know that that's the quote unquote right thing to do, which is actually subjective if we get down to it, not objective, because there's a million right ways to do things. And right. you will do that for 1% more incremental improvement. And I know, Josh, you and I have talked about it before, where it's like in 40 seconds, you could have done the flying seven and got 90% of the benefit. Now you're going to spend mm-hmm. another 75 minutes for 20 more dollars to get 1% more benefit. Is 1% more benefit in the treatment meaningful? Yes. Is it good business? No. And in the eight (laughs) other people you could have saw during that time doing what was quickest, easiest, and you already had command knowledge of coming out of school, might that have been a more successful way to treat and take care of your community? Mm -hmm. Absolutely the case. Now, if as I said to her, if you're in a nonprofit or you're, you know, your parent owned the building, you don't have rent and you can afford to do whatever the heck you want, you're independently yeah. wealthy, absolutely go for it. But if your intent is, well, I'd really like to earn $125,000 taking mm-hmm. care of people based on insurance, or if they're cash, I don't want to charge too much. And I really like to take about a half hour to 45 minutes per patient. The numbers don't add up. It's just mm-hmm. the way it is. So I'm right. not against postgraduate education. However, to tie into what you're describing, ultimately, if you have a thirst and quest for knowledge, that's one thing, but don't do it as one of two things. Under the false assumption that you're going to be able to better market your practice because you're not. And two, that in any way, shape or form, there's going to be some miraculous aha moment. And that's where I find too many chiropractors, quite frankly, are distracting themselves from the business because they're struggling and going and doing these other wonderful things at these universities and everything else. And then they're coming back and I hear about it on the back end as well, because they're having such abject challenges. So my point of saying that is not to dog anybody who's going through postgraduate education, because I think it's awesome if you are just inherently a knowledge hound. And that is a great thing for our profession. However, don't mistake the fact that you came out of school with the skills necessary to build, grow and develop an extremely successful practice that impacts tens of thousands of lives and generates multi-millions of dollars going and getting, that didn't change because you got Mm -hmm. one more certificate that did not change because you got one more thing with rare exceptions.
0: I would agree with you. And I think that, you know, again, we're, we're all students, right? Like we're, that's how we get to a license. You're not going to get to this point if you're not, uh, not a good student. And again, this might ruffle some feathers, but in some sense like that, the extra learning can be like a hobby, right? Like it's, uh, it's as if you were playing golf, like, Hey, I'm going to go to this post-grad workshop one weekend a month. And then I'm going to spend a couple hours, two times a week studying. It's like, yeah, go golf for that much. And it's going to have about the same impact on your practice, but you feel better for having golf. You feel better for having learned this stuff. And it's cool. Like again, but I think, um, I think it's it's easy, and it's not just chiropractic. I mean, you remember DeVry University, man? They would promise everybody the frickin' world, yeah. and then turns out, oh yeah, if as soon as they were no longer able to uh, subsidize student loans, they disappeared right. <laughs> because the value prop just wasn't there, you know? That's right. And I think that sometimes that's that's how our world is as well. Yeah, like the the if you're really moved or art, the other thing, you know. Don't neglect that. You might be personally moved. Your brother has a neurological disease and it bugs you and you want to understand. Hey, totally cool. Yep. But again, that's not a business, business driver. That's right.
1: Or, or, and, and the final component, I'll say, it, it, so, I, so I'm super clear, so that everybody's not upset and angry, is also, or just charge. Like I'm a big, I'm a, I am aii do not like golf at all, uh, but I'm a big, like if I, I'm i a on, big let me fan find of, the mute button real quick the, here. <laughs> <it's like> <laughs> uh, 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 I mean, you've heard me say this before, but it's like with TPI, a TPI certification, I would be going to golf courses and selling $10,000 continuity plans to the executives that want to stay on the golf course by giving free care to the local golf pros, like charge for it. Like mm-hmm. don't throw it in. Like it doesn't make any sense. So if you want to don't do, for instance, a neurology diplomate, Go ham, but charge for it. Like it's go ham on your charges too. Like yeah, I just the initial exam
0: is is twenty two hundred dollars. Takes about three hours. That's
1: fine. It's yeah, it's mind blowing to me when it's like you know that when all of this extra knowledge is gained from the standpoint of the thought, the inherent thought process of the chiropractor is I want to do better for my patients. Well, Mm -hmm. to do that, then you should charge for that. And it's Mm -hmm. like that's that there should be no. So a lot of this comes down to money issues that people come into the profession with that they can't shed, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of this comes yeah. down to mindset, but it shows itself in some classic patterns is what I would say. And and some of these patterns I think are relevant to education and then not wanting to charge for that education at a meaningful rate mm-hmm. um, or doing the education that really doesn't have a great... Tangible component where TPI is super tangible. You learn golf, you go to a golf course, you can sell that. Like that is so tangible. But some of these things are so esoteric. Again, awesome if you want to go learn it, but it's super difficult to to actually market it in any meaningful way. And to me, yeah. it's like what what good's a chiropractor that's not taking care of people? Like the benefit you have to stay in like the job number one, stay in business. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. you can't help people if you're out of business. So yeah. <laughs>
0: I was talking to somebody at a seminar one time and they were like, oh, my outcomes aren't very good. And you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I'm asking some questions like, well tell me about your diagnostic process and you know what rehab. And that's how the conversation started. He was like, Hey, what rehab should I do when people have like low back pain? And like, to me, that's like saying, you know, here's a picture of my car. You know, what do I need to fix on it like, in the engine? And you're like, I don't, I can't even see Like I need to see it run. You know, yeah, I know, but like, what's wrong with it? I have no idea. Like, this is a ridiculous question. So anyways, we're going down. And it turns out that the core problem was people were coming like three visits. <laughs> You've got to be so damn good. In, if if people are only coming for three visits, you have to be Superman of care, right? Like, you have to be incredible to make that meaningful. And I'm like, the problem here is just you need people to come back more often. They're not even getting into the good stuff, you know? And again, it is a business problem. But tying these things together, like you just talked about TPI, we started the conversation with like staff and the new model. One thing I think that is part of the new model of almost every business, and you certainly see it in healthcare, and you certainly should see it in chiropractic, is this idea of the need for an upsell. Okay. And some people might hate that term, but an upsell is just an additional service that you offer your customer that gets them closer to their end goal. So for example, let's use the TPI thing. I do my TPI screen, finds out uh, your big limiter to hitting the, gol- the ball better is that, you, you know, you've got back pain and we trace it down to your left hip. We fix your left hip, back pain goes away. Cool. An upsell would be great, Jeff. You know, how about some continuity plan? We're going to work on your hip every, you know, we'll give you this membership, work on it every week for as long as you play golf. Fantastic. Let's upgrade it even more. Hey, we're going to work on it here. You have a membership in the clinic. And then in the gym, we're going to put together a customized workout that you'll do three days a week. Our trainers will guide you through. And that's an additional charge, right? But the reason for that upsell, and I didn't believe this when I first saw it, but if you look at the math, the amount of effort, the amount of phone calls, the amount of shake and howdy's the amount of going stretch sessions you have to give at the local five K's, the amount of, you know, hobnobbing at the chamber, all those marketing efforts, the amount it takes to get that person in your office is astronomical. But the amount, uh, uh, and, and usually you bring them in for some basic level core service. It's not super profitable, you know? So if I say like, Hey, I'm just going to do 12 visits of chiropractic care. It's like, it's good. I'm not going to stub a nose at it, but it's not where the profit's going to come from. Right. But if I can get them on that continuity plan, Profit goes up. If I can then go, hey, let's get you in the gym. The profit from the client goes up. If I can go, hey, let's do this. The profit can go up. And somebody said to me, if you can get ten percent of your customers to take you up on a core or an upsell, it's double the profit, assuming like certain things are true. And I'm like, oh yeah, and I've seen it to be true itself. So uh, some people hate that, but I mean, you look at every like. You look at every single business and they're going to that model, right? Costco is like, hey, I have a membership and I make grocery purchases there. And they're like, hey, what about travel? What about car insurance? What about this? Everything's an upsell. Do you see this as a necessity as well?
1: Uh, to me it's the it's the only way i guess is uh, you know yeah so the answer would be yes i mean second money is always going to Oh be you're
0: one problem. of these uh these maniacs that only
1: wants to have a profitable business? Yeah <laughs> you really have an unprofitable business my god jeff <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah really controversial in that way so um <laughs> yeah it, it, second money is the easiest money and all of the profit comes on the back end you are leaving if you do not have an opportunity for somebody to um engage with you at a higher level. So we could say sell more, but it's ultimately you're providing something yeah. of value, a service of some type right. and kind, whether and that's digital, whether it's dictate what they want. You know, that's like I want to be better at golf. Great. We have
0: those options. I want to have clearer skin. Great. We have those options. If you're a functional medicine doctor, I I want to do everything I can to live 10 years longer. Great. We have those options.
1: Yep. And that's the beautiful part is to me, it doesn't matter. You could be a pain relief practice, a PI practice, a functional medicine practice, a golf related practice, you know, whatever. There is always a path and always an opportunity to engage at a higher level. And to me, I look at that and this is the dichotic irony, which is, What is the one, what's the most valuable asset every human being has on planet earth? Their time. It's a fixed amount. Yet as chiropractors, we value that many chiropractors, uh, I don't, I know you don't either, but many chiropractors in practice value that at the lowest rate humanly imaginable.
0: Yeah, I'll give it up for about
1: three bucks an hour. (laughs) the ability to buy your time and access is absolutely an upsell proposition and selling point. And the value, you know, in the absence of value, all that matters is price. So again, the weird irony being people will Uh complain about $35 visits when you spend an hour with them. And then you sit there saying, I can't believe this. Do I have to lower my fees? No, the problem is you need to raise your fees exponentially because those who pay pay attention. And that is an unmutable fact uh, in law, in humanity, in humankind. So that doesn't mean we all need to be mercenaries pricing people out of our services. But what it does uh-huh. mean is that we need to show up with some pride. We need to show up with a clear understanding of who we want to take care with and how we can serve them at the highest level. And then craft the opportunities for them to say yes, that are directly proportional to your ability to generate income and revenue as a human being also trying to get through this life. And you should value your time component as the maximum allotted uh, price or cost and many chiropractors are so wildly inverse on this that it becomes a self-defeating prophecy, and they can't dig themselves out of it. And you end up in that hole, spending more and more time. So, I, you know, there's something that was said to me, you know, decades ago, but it's kind of like act as if, and I agree with that 100. percent If you have one person on your schedule, but it's a 10-minute appointment slot, and you don't have two, you have two hours before the next person comes in, get out of that visit at 10 minutes. It's a 10-minute appointment slot. You will do you, that patient and yourself a disservice and you can justify it and say, well, I did more with that patient. I'm doing more for that patient. No, you're not. You will be doing less for that patient over time and you certainly will be causing yourself harm. It's like Parkinson's law. It's, you know, you have a suitcase. You know, the amount of time a task will take is directly proportional to the amount of time you give it. If you cut bait, and make clear expectations and agreements up front, your patients will be happier, your practice will be happier, and you will be happier in the long run, even though it seems like almost reverse psychology to get there. And that is some of the biggest challenges I see, especially with new docs that are super fired up and ready to conquer the world, which is awesome. But you have to come at this also from the understanding of you can't conquer the world and take care of people if you're out of business. So job number one is to stay open. Job number two is now to figure out how to serve people at a higher level. And I can guarantee you the initial service offering of delivering an adjustment is a fantastic way to get started, but it can't be the end of the road or else you'll yeah. constantly feel like you're stressed out and need that roller coaster of new patients. It's funny. Uh, my, my pops
0: back when I was in college, unfortunately got diagnosed with brain cancer and spent the year living with him. And I remember we went to a doctor and, uh, he had a very aggressive type of tumor. And the guy said, listen, our options right now are X, Y, and Z. And our hope, like a hundred percent outcome for these treatments is that he stays alive for five more years. I'm like five, like I'm thinking 20. He's like, I know, that's what everybody thinks, but it's like in cancer, aggressive cancer, if if I can keep you alive two years longer, the, the reason for that is not because I think I'm smart. But what the reason for that is two years from now, the treatments will be much more advanced than they are today. And then five years after that, they're going to be a whole lot more advanced. And then like and things that are in cl- clinical trials now will be approved then. So we're just hoping there's something better down the line. And if I can just Buy get the them time. one more day, yeah, one more month, one more year, we're going to win this. And I was like, man, that's a decent lesson for business. You know, like, Hey, can I stay open for another month or another year, another five years? Like, it matters because a lot, a lot of things happen, but, oh yeah. So uh, going back, Jeff, you know, you, you mentioned something that I want everybody, two things. Number one, if you're in a situation where you're like, Hey, I'm, I have one appointment. It's 10 minutes long. I'm done by 1040. Uh, I've been in those places, uh, Jeff. I know <laughs> you've been in that spot at some point, right. In your career. And I think it's to value the time a little, trick or a little hack for it is if you know you're getting done in the clinic at 10 for that patient's supposed to be out of your clinic at 10 40 schedule a workout with your bud at 11 so that you have some pressure on you and you're acting like somebody that has a limit on their time and then that patient will feel it and they'll be like all right well you know i'll, I'll just follow up on my questions next time blah 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 and that's a normal relationship right but yeah if you're working on them from 11 15 until 3 p.m thinking that you're doing them a service you ain't, brother, sister, you ain't. Like, it ain't like that. That is what but I said. When we're talking about these upsells, an upsell that I was blown away by, but is so simple is, like you said, some customers just want access to you. So I have a friend in, he's in Cairo in Palm Springs, and he has a monthly membership. And all the monthly membership gets you. It doesn't get you any additional services, doesn't get you a discount, doesn't get you anything. All it gives you is a his cell phone number and B, the ability to schedule certain hours, like lunch hours from 12 to two. Only if you're a member, can you book those times? Uh, I think it's like eight to 9. AM. Everyone else has to come after 9. AM. And then there's one more option. If you're not a member, uh, you, you can't book those times. And it's like, you gotta be a member for the year. And it's something like 79 or $129, which God dang, that's all profit. And all you're saying is, hey, you know, can I come in at, at 845 on Tuesday and I got to say yes to you? Or can I call you and ask you about this? You know, I'm feeling this. Should I come in or should I just wait another couple of days? The value that people find in that is astronomical. So uh, anybody listening, you could implement that tomorrow, you know, and just create a flyer and just create a little landing page and make make it real right now. And you could tell yourself, hey, I'm going to do this anyways. but Again, another hack is tell your spouse or partner or whoever you trust, my goal is to bring home more profit and here's my solution. And they will navigate you in such a way that you will <laughs> miraculously <laughs> achieve that. It's like, Jeff, you have, you have kids. When you tell your kid, oh yeah, we'll, we'll go get ice cream at 4 p.m. On, you know, on Thursday, like you don't need to set a reminder. You don't need to program it in your phone because oh, it, it's constitution.
1: It's ironclad. Yeah, 356,
0: <laughs> she'll be standing there like tapping on her watch, like, Hey pops, wrap up this business thing. We've got an appointment. <laughs> That's hundred percent correct. Yeah. Yeah. Right about that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but those upsells uh, I think can, can absolutely change a practice, especially, um, and it, you know, for every listening, like Jeff and I have to do the same thing. Like for example, you have a book, right? I have a book. I don't think that book's ever going to make enough to make a, you know, years worth of car payments for God's sakes. But what is the goal of it? Like I spend all this time and money on it. When I ship it out and send it to people, it costs money. I don't make that much off it, but it leads to other conversations about other products and services and consulting and everything that is an upsell essentially, you know? Okay. So I go from a $25 book to something else and that's the core idea and it works everywhere. Right. In your in the last couple of years, what are what are some upsells you've seen that you think are worth kind of taking a look at or considering?
1: Well, I mean, for anybody that has like a sports related practice or any, you know, tangents, a wide berth at this point in time, but mm-hmm. uh, certainly I think, you know, having a clinic gym is one of the most obvious, easily implementable items that doesn't require a cell. Basically it's like, let's continue the movement patterns that you've already gained yeah. and take myself out of the equation. So I you say the clinic to- gym, let me, let me just write this down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that term. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I, okay. Keep going. I say that not to be like a total Homer, but because that's actually yeah. what I believe to be true. is like, that is the easiest sell because it's not a sell. It's okay, great. We've gotten you out of pain. You're moving better. Yeah. Let's continue to uh, m- you know, maintain and potentially even increase that progress. And that's literally what people are already coming to you for. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. like, you know, that's in many, you know, so one is that is, that's a clear one for me in terms of being able to add on. Now, let's say you are somebody that's in, you know, a 50 square foot room and right now is just not that, you know, just not the, literally you don't not, I do yeah. not have the room for it.
0: Or they started in a gym, so they can't own that part
1: of it. Oh, yeah. I've seen it a hundred thousand times. To, to me, that's where I would look towards, you know, digital courses. So I love mm-hmm. adding on digital courses um, to uh, an offering either as an upsell to increase the value of the care plan or as a post-treatment upsell. So for example, you might have an accompanying, you know, uh, course for people who have gotten involved in car accidents, and you're taking care of them with the physical care and the practice, but you're guiding and directing things outside. Or for you know degenerative disc changes, and it goes beyond just here's a great stretch or an exercise. But you might have that, but you're also educating them on the body in your way, right? So I'm a- all these
0: all these practice.
1: I swear, the biggest
0: area of growth over the last two years is prenatal postpartum. Right? People want to go into that. Um, our mutual friend, Lindsay Muma and like all this pelvic floor health, the education around that is easy to deliver. It's going to super high take rate, you know, and people are going to appreciate it so much. They're going to think you walk on
1: water. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm. I'm a big fan of digital courses. And probably the third one in my mind is, you know, it might sound a little old school or passe, and it's not as great of a margin as the first two, but I'm still a big fan of like, you know, supplements. And and mm-hmm. I know sometimes docs, it's like eye rolling, et cetera. But when it's an eye roll, here's the thing. It needs to be something you'd actually take yourself. And it Mm -hmm. needs to be something that actually aligns with your specific population of ideal patients. When you match those things together, now it becomes something that you can like be excited and stand behind instead of like, God, am I just like hawking like some Gennaro multivitamin? Like that sucks. Like nobody wants to do that. But if you, I mean, maybe you do find a great multivitamin, but it's like, we've seen Mm -hmm. the appeal of big brands like you know, ritual, like obviously, you know, AG1, Athletic Greens, you know, there are these, this real appeal to those brands. And it's like, the, there's very real ways to apply that appeal into your practice. uh, Maybe selling that brand, maybe not selling that brand, but really being able to help people that it's like, well, if I'm buying this and I'm utilizing it or my ideal patient or client should, then that just, then that just makes sense. So, to me, that, that's really the key component to it. And obviously, being able to deliver those digitally and drop yeah. is is critical, in my opinion. So, you don't have like the graveyard of product in, in practice, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, those would be the three things that come off to mind to me is certainly yeah. having, you know, clinic gym or some, some form of movement based care in practice as number one. Number two would be digital courses. And then number three would be supplements. Those would be the three I'd choose right off the top of my head. I love it, man. I love it. Yeah, I think the subs is, is misunderstood and,
0: and a great thing. I think a lot of people look at the maybe the top like, oh, vitamin D and multi, daily multivitamin and all, and they go, oh, these people can buy it at Walmart. Right. But one thing I always preach in the clinic gym is you are selling expertise. It's, you don't have more space than anybody. You don't have more equipment than anybody. You don't have hot tubs. You don't have showers. You are selling expertise. And if you're not selling that, you will not have a successful clinic gym, period. And it's over. So if you have that expertise, so look, go back to that golfer. If you are somebody that really understands like nutrition and, you know, every golfer I know that has a lot of money, well, I'll tell you the, the, the best clients you can get are country club members over the age of 55 and the hot, the older they are, the better clients they are because their favorite supplement right now is scotch. It's the only one that keeps them loose enough and moving enough to play golf multiple days a week. Right. And if you can come through and say like, hey, I'm going to give you an online course, it's stretching, and I'm going to give you an online course that's supplements that help golfers hit the ball further, right? And you're not talking about vitamin D and a multi. you're talking about uh, turmeric and you're talking, you know, like, uh, I'm trying to think of ones that would work for that. Like, we're going to go with this. And the reason that we're going to take turmeric at this level is because as a golfer, you rotate your spine you know, 18 times more than, than the normal person. Therefore, you need a higher amount of this because of the inflammation that's going on, plus all the walking that you're doing around, blah, blah. If you approach it like that, the, and you say, this is the supplement I'm giving you, the plan, the expertise, now you're going, hey, I'll give you the course and the supplements, and it costs blank. Now that blank can be any number you want because now you have shown this isn't just buying a pill or an uh, herbal supplement, this is a, a dedicated, focused approach, and, and you're delivering that expertise. And I think anybody you're putting that together, it is often untapped and incredibly powerful, because if you want to like spend a month in the Bahamas every year, uh, if you have people buying online courses and supplements, you can do that, and the delivery is pretty damn easy You know, for those things but tying it back to that that expertise whereas should i take a multivitamin the there's no that the, that expertise is so diluted you know that's right and then the more and more you can niche it down if you're if you're like hey uh <laughs> the the su- the supplement guide to golf left-handed golfers who want to hit it further and then you go female left-handed golfers who want to hit it further and then you go female golfers over 60 or a left-handed and want to hit it further, like it just starts getting more and more and more
1: niche down and valuable at that point. Yeah, the the biggest thing that you're saying that I 100% agree with is. Your practice success is, generally speaking, a direct reflection of your ability to communicate with specificity the benefits you can provide a specific population. So somebody needs to know how to choose you. Um, And the clearer you are about how somebody, how you can benefit somebody, and the easier it is for them to understand that you are the solution to their problem, that will result in visits. If you are having difficulty filling your schedule, you could have a host of issues, but I can guarantee you one of the fundamental issues is an inability to accurately communicate who you are and what you do to enough people with enough specificity. And that doesn't mean, oh, well, more people I should just like run more discount ads. You know, I would actually argue that that's the a, a losing treadmill. Like it's really, it's, yeah. you're actually digging yourself a hole, even though it seems mm-hmm. like you might be giving yourself a lifeline. And by all means, you know, if you have two weeks of cash, you got to do what you got to do to maintain. But that's not how you build and grow a practice over time. Those are emergent. Those should be used as emergency means in order mm-hmm. to stay, keep your doors open. Yeah. But if you believe if that. You got to have a spinning message,
0: arrow out front, baby, do it. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't need to.
1: Like it, it's, it, it's really about And I think that that's, to me, that's the biggest thing, like, to look inside yourself, so to speak. And I think we look inside it with our businesses as well, which is, like, am I specifically highlighting the benefits or the solution that I provide to the right people at the right time with enough oomph and enough Mm -hmm. influence to help them make a buying decision. This comes at it from the standpoint of nobody's selling junk, nobody's trying to take advantage of anybody. So you know, we, we, let's go into the assumption, which is true, that we all have great products and services, you know, chiropractic, services a chiropractic, whatever it might be, that can help people live a better life. Then it that your ability then just becomes capped by number one, time. But secondarily, most people aren't up against a time issue, let's be clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. They're not like, gosh, you know, I'm at capacity with a waiting list practice. Like most of the time it's, it's before that, and it's a communication issue, mm-hmm. which is a lack of specificity. Um, and to me, that is the greatest challenge. And again, it gets into one of these ironic type things where it's like, well, if I go, well, I don't want to have people be eliminated and you can't get anybody in your practice. It's like then nobody even knows how to choose you. The more specific you are, which almost seems counterintuitive, is far more beneficial because before 100 people have to raise their hand or raise their hand to come in, one person does. And that's really the key component. Yeah, it's, and everything becomes so easy at that point.
0: Everything becomes so easy. Because if you're like, hey, I, I want to get some more clients and I, you're, you're, you want to do a workshop. It's like, who's the workshop for? Oh, female golfers want to hit the ball further. Oh, easy. Where can I get those? Probably golf courses. I should talk to the female pros and stuff. Everything becomes easy. Hey, we want to talk about supplements. Which supplements should I talk about? Well, we're not going to talk about supplements that you know, our, our better digestion or like, you know, level out your, uh, ileocecal valve or something like that doesn't matter. What matters is can I hit the ball further? Therefore it's joint inflammation and, and, you know, health That's right. and everything becomes easy. And then you can write articles or notes or, you know, like you're saying online courses and people just love it, but it does take some confidence. I will say that. Like when you're like, Hey, I'm going to commit to these people and burn the ships. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I need to do a little bit of that right now because as I've discussed with you, like we have patient communication software and training to tackle the exact problem you just addressed. And uh, I I think, ironically, I'm not getting the message out there good enough. So I need to put the, what do they say? Uh, I, heard, I heard the other day a term I like, give it the onions, you know, <laughs> give it there the onions. Go. Yeah. So, I'm not really sure why, uh, you know, why the onions are the thing that really helped drive it. But I'm going to give them. <laughs> I like it. You know, I'm on board. Yeah. Well, Jeff, if people want to hear you speak uh, and deliver all this expertise, any upcoming uh, places you'll be, you'll be talking. Ah, uh, great question. So I always I like just... when you show up. Like, I'll, I'll get some random flyer. Like, you know. The North Wichita Chiropractic Society welcomes. <laughs> There's Jeff smiling. I'm like, this guy's everywhere, man. Yeah,
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, coming, up, I'll be at uh, the National of FCA. I'm not speaking, but I'll be hanging out. That's in a few weeks out in Orlando. If this comes out after that, I'll be out at Cairo Fest on the West Coast before the end of the year, and I'll be uh, up in Minnesota. Um, for Jeff Danielson's Cairo conference as well before the end of the year. So I still got a handful or so that's Cairo. Exactly what I mean. Based in Tampa, speaking in California and Minnesota, man, this is
0: unbelievable going going worldwide. I love it, baby. I love it. Well, Jeff, I really appreciate the time today and I love these conversations about the future of our profession. I think in some weird way, like if if people step back and look at the new map, the way businesses are operating now with things like upsells, communication, um, and and reduction of staff and and adding more systems if you honor that you can't you can't change that the world is going to that model but if you step back and do it on the other side of that coin chiropractic has never had a higher take rate it's never been more widely accepted it's now almost imperative if you want to do personal injury or something it's almost imperative that you have a chiropractor involved like it's it's uh it's I heard that the VA is hiring like 250 chiropractors over the next two years or something, wow. which, so we have that legitimacy of the hospital base. Uh, we're getting that we're pushing that par- Medicare parity bill through Congress as best we can. Um, imagine that, that we're paid the same for the same service as other healthcare providers. Shocking. Right. <laughs> and we continue to grow through leaps and bounds. The events that we see are getting better and better. Everything's getting better. So I agree. Again, I'm super excited, our our profession, and I'd love to see people thrive. Agreed. So Jeff, if people, absolutely, if they want to reach out, where can they find you?
1: Uh, You can find me at uh, jefflangmade.com or smartchiropractor.com, the evidence-based chiropractor.com, any of those sites. So if you search Jeff Langmaid, you can find me. There you go.
0: All right, well, on behalf of Jeff Langmaid, essentially you're the Seth Godin of chiropractic, really. (laughs) Big into marketing, (laughs) same haircut. And uh, yeah, <laughs> this is Dr. Josh Satter saying, Go out there, maximize your license, and live the life you dream of. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks a lot for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information about me, about us, about our programs, then just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. Again, that's clinicgymhybrid.com. You can check us out there. We've got our accelerator program and a few other programs that will help you get up and running as quickly as possible and making more money while providing excellent active therapy to your patients.